back on the Fam Morning Show. It's Baby Friday with Justin and Ailish. I miss my friend, Colby Armstrong. Former NHL forward, current sports analyst and host of Chicklets, etc. Colby, how are you? What's going on? How are we doing? Are we recovered? Are we are feeling you better? I was, I was exhausted. I, I was, I was done. I was. I got Nashville. It's pretty good. Like, and you know me, like, because you were there the first day. We did some promos. Mm-hmm. Everything was kind of okay. The next day, I was in a full blown panic. You kind of had it a little bit too, <laughs> with where the voice starts to get a little sketched out. <laughs> but I had it way worse. Yeah, my voice was not holding up, so I was in a panic. Yeah, you did Nashville, then you came up here and did July first with us at Sportsnet, and then as yeah. someone that lives in the states, I'm sure you did something for July fourth, whether it's just like a little barbecue with the kiddos. But that's a grind, like that's a week of grinding. Oh, that was like that was full blown for me. Like I did, I did the final, so I went to Game Four, then I went to Game Five, did Vegas. Then I went home to Saskatoon, Saskatchewan to visit my family for a week and all my friends. Then I flew to Nashville, back home, quickly packed, went to Nashville. And then after that, I went and did July 1st free agency. And then right as soon as we got off the air, I flew to Maryland to go watch my son play lacrosse, be a lacrosse dad for the weekend. So, (laughs) oh, my God, Alice, Justin, let me tell you. That's a grind. Yeah. That's a grind right there. That's a good dad. That's a good employee, man. Uh, but I hope you get a little bit of downtime now. <laughs> I hope you get a little bit of downtime now. Um, so we talked a little bit about Nashville when I came back, of course. But uh, we got to ask you, your favorite part of the draft week, obviously the extracurriculars was really fun. But I realized how famous Colby was. Personally, we couldn't walk anywhere without shaking hands, kissing oh. babies. Like, everyone wants a photo with Colby. So I'm sure you had a lot of fun in terms of just, like, you know, getting to chat with fans and stuff. But, um, yeah, it was a great week for you, for us, a sports set. Uh, what was your favorite part of it? Yeah, you're right. Like, I, lo- I love that. I think it was so cool that they did the awards. And maybe they can't do it every time in every place just because it doesn't call for it, just mm-hmm. because of the setup in each city. But definitely Nashville was, like, a great spot to have the awards and the draft combined, which – you know, made it awesome just from my work with Sportsnet doing the prospects game and doing Memorial Cups and seeing, like, a lot of people, like, whether it's GMs or scouts. Uh, and then at an event like that, when the whole hockey world, like, converges on Broadway in Nashville, I knew, like, so many people. So it was just like – and I, I, I love talking to people too. So it made for a really yakky week in Nashville, which was really fun. And then, Ailish, I think we – of the coolest part besides, you know, these guys, you know – getting their dreams come true. I thought the coolest part we captured on our, on our YouTube stream with Shimachev, mm-hmm. Alexei Shimachev. Is that his name? Alex, Dmitry Shimachev? I don't even know the guy's damn name. But <laughs> no, anyway, Shimachev. It sounded right the first time. Shimachev was drafted to Arizona, and we had him on just as Arizona was coming up in their goofy red suits again as a team to draft again, and he wanted to watch his buddy. <laughs> And he called, he called it out. Like my buddy boot will get drafted. Hopefully I play with him in, in Russia. He's such a good friend of mine. And boom, the, they call the kid's <laughs> name. And we got like that authentic, that so cool. amazing, like reaction in broken English, how excited he was. That was like the coolest thing ever. So that was like kind of what the draft is all about for these guys. And, um, you know, to see, you know, how young they are and how happy they are and, and their, you know, lives being made 
in Nashville. And then to catch a moment like that to like, that was like a, that was like the ultimate moment to see a buddy get drafted first round surprise off the board a little bit where he got drafted. And then his best buddy off his team that he called on our stream mm-hmm. get drafted as well. And people are still retweeting that clip. I was just about it's to say, such a nice, looked, like, it's, almost a, clip. it's almost a million views so far. Wow. Wow. Colby, yeah, famous, it's, man. It's, get that on thread. I yelled right after too. And guess what? I'm sick at this, right? <laughs> I'm like, I yell, I'm like, I'm like, Graham, producer Graham, I'm like, clip that. He's like, we already did. <laughs> uh, no, that was definitely oh, one of the highlights, man. and you guys did a great job. I also like the cowboy hat move, and Ailish mm. was taking credit for it. Does she deserve all the yeah, credit Yeah, that was for all it? her. Okay. Don't doubt who me, Justin. Be honest. By the way. Yeah, you know who has who a hat? Has Graham. Hat? Graham stole it. I don't know how it got back. Like, you wear Graham. that on an airplane or what? in his man cave right now just settled up next to his bottle of uh bourbon <laughs> yeah we did get it we got a customized free bottle, bottle of bourbon i saw, or the, I saw those bottles yeah. flying around we did good we did good we came out uh, on the up for sure uh okay so let's get to yeah. uh the toronto maple leafs here domi and bertuzzi shoring up the left side there colby uh what do you think those guys bring to the roster and do you think uh this is a better team now after bringing in those left wingers with a little snot yeah, a little spit in their game, right, Justin? Yeah, I think it's important for them to have that, right? I, I, I mean, that's <clears throat> one of my biggest criticisms of the Leafs in the last several years is that they didn't have that. And, you know, I'll give Dubas credit because he went and tried to find that and uh, at the deadlines, especially this last most recent deadline with some of the people that he brought in and O'Reilly and Achari and Shen, I think, are good guys to get in, in that regard. But to go and acquire these guys at the start of the year on July 1st and have them for the full year, you get a full year also of Matthew Nyes, which I think we can all agree provides that as well in his game, along with the skill and size. So they, they bring they bring that in up, up, up front, along with Reeves, which is just like um, kind of a cherry on top to the personality you need, too. So... Um, personality, a little snot in their game, as you said, Justin, and uh, guys that can can produce and play with good players as well. So I think, I think all in all, some pretty good ads. And 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 never mind too on the back end, right? And getting Klingberg. Like I remember watching. I played against Klingberg in Sweden my last year. I think he was like 18 years old, playing in the Swedish league, and was absolutely dominant. And he hasn't changed. Like he just has ice in his veins. So to have a guy like a specialty guy like that, that can hang on to pucks to like the last possible second and make just elite plays and can run a power play. It'll give Morgan Riley, I think a little bit more of a breather in regards to having to do that and can play more shutdown, I think, and, and let this guy be the kind of that offensive hog on the power play up top. Cause he's so good up on the blue line too. So, you know, they, they, I think targeted some needs that they needed and, and are going to do it right from the start of the year, which you know, let these guys settle in and, and lead lead to them getting more comfortable in a new place and, and contributing hopefully right away and um, and into a successful year for them. Yeah, I think it really sets the tone. Like, this is going to be a different team. Uh, whether you still have the same stars in the locker room and, and the same head coach, there's a different bite to it. And uh, it is really yeah. intentional. You had Reeves, as you mentioned. We saw him booting around a lot um, in Nashville. But the vibe that he brings, like... And he said so himself. He's not going out there to score 50 goals a year. Like, he, he, he joked, like, what I bring is off the ice. But, you know, you've been in a lot of locker rooms. Like, how yeah. how important is it to bring a guy that is intentionally going to unite a team, make that his sole focus at times to, to make sure the guys are together, especially when you've heard a little bit of, like, rumors about the room being more quiet, not being um, all together, not doing stuff on the road. Like, it, it really seems like yeah. Trey Living was like, I need to solve this problem. 
Man, that's the best part of hockey <clears throat> is exactly what Revo's going to bring. That's what these guys need. I'm telling you. And I, I hear you hear, oh, we got to address this and we got to get faster and we've got to get skilled and we've got to add this and we've got to look for that. And rarely do you hear you say we got to add personality to our lineup. And I think they've done that with a lot of the other guys that they brought in with Max Domi. We know he's, you know, he's an outgoing, you know, fun-loving guy as well, but he can play with a little snarl. But adding Reeves in particular to, to bring that every single day, every game, like he's got swagger, he's cocky, he knows he can beat everyone up. Um, in the dressing room, we see what he did with the turnaround um, and what he added in coming into Minnesota um, and every team that he's been on for that matter. He was here in Pittsburgh for, for a short time as well. But <clears throat> I think personality day-to-day is something that's overlooked sometimes. And when you're looking at players and identifying oh, who do we need to bring in, what's going to add to our room. And, you know, <clears throat> sometimes they don't look at that as, as much as obviously people would say, well, goals matter. That's what matters. We need to find that. But when you're on a team and it's day-to-day and it's practice or it's a grind or it's a game that's not going so hot for your, for your team and it's something that you need a little bit of a different look or shake it up a little bit, he's the kind of personality that can come in uh, in February 3rd and be a difference maker by, you know, waking the group up and making it fun when it's kind of dog days. So uh, a super big ad, a super big personality, and a guy that will change the, you know, really the culture and the, and, the, and the feel of that dressing room from guys day to day and even in game. Of course, we know what he can do in game, right? He's a big physical, um, you know, monster out there, and, and he lets his presence be known. And if you want to screw around, he'll, he'll teach you a lesson that way as well. So what do you think needs to be next, Colby, uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs? We were talking earlier about how it's set up that, hey, maybe there's one more year of maximizing the window because things are going to get pretty tough yeah. from a cap standpoint in 2024-25 if it's kind of an all-in year, which it feels like it should be to a certain extent before maybe a bit of a retooling. What else do you think the Leafs have to do here? Are they, They're over the cap, I think, right right now, aren't they, a little bit? Yeah. And, and, of course, we hear about, With Matt we hear about Nylander. Yeah, Matt Murray, and we hear about the Nylander move as well. Like, could the, could this happen? And and maybe you're referring to that as maximizing and trying to find a way to keep them. Um, there's rumors that we hear of, you know, Carolina with Pesci and them having to move a defenseman out now that they added a couple of defense. So time will tell. We'll see what, what the summer does hold um, in regards to, you know, extensions. Do we see some of those coming down the pipeline? Do we see some of these moves being made? And, um, some things being looked at, but if there's one move, I would say besides the fact of just, you know, roster moves to be cap compliant and, and whatever that is, like, I, I like Samsonov. I thought he was a battler, but I, I think that I would think they'd have to target some kind of like a little bit more pump in the goalie department, maybe like a third guy, like, or a, or a, a second, third guy to kind of push into that position a little bit, just in case. So, um, but other than that, I, I like that, like the move they've done so far. I think it's been really proactive in identifying what they need and, and what they need to do. And I just kind of look at the goalie situation and just think it should, could be a little bit deeper. Talking to Colby Armstrong, uh, current sports analyst and host of Chicklets, et cetera. Okay, so we talked least. we got to ask you about your Pittsburgh squad. Uh, Dubas making a yeah. statement immediately. You know, he's uh, fresh in the chair, but made quite a few moves on this past weekend. Uh, what have you liked most about the start of the Dubas era in Pittsburgh? I like. I. I mean. I. I. First of all, he got the. He got Nashville popping off early. We made the Riley Smith trade. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, for me, I like that trade. I loved it. I know they're going to lose guys. They lost Dumoulin and Zucker, just to name two prominent guys that 
you know, one of the mainstays of the lineup. Zucker had a great year last year. And Riley Smith's going to come in and, and, and replace him. I think he's just, <clears throat> to find him, a Stanley Cup champion that just won and a guy that could, plays a full 200-foot game, plays on the inside, gets to the net, kills penalties like a beast as well, can provide so much with playing with good players up and down your lineup. I, th- I, was, I was pretty pumped about that about that move. And then, um, you know, they've struggled as Pittsburgh through the bottom six in the last couple of years. It's been really, a you know, a soft spot in their lineup. And to go and address to get Lars Eller and hope he can bounce back after a tough year and uh, Achari, um, a guy that you guys know fairly well up in Toronto uh, also, um, to, to shore up some of that bottom six situation for them, <clears throat> I think is I think is really big. Uh, and, and then on the back end, they... I, I, I was amazed, though, too, with a six-year deal for Graves, I believe it was, which was one of the yeah. longer contracts b- besides Pierre Engvall, who got like a 15-year contract <laughs> in the Islanders. It was crazy. But, um, and, then, and then the big one that, he, that uh, Kyle Dubas talked about a lot was, what are they going to do with Jari? And uh, would they be able to extend him? And he went to July 1st, and he still had nothing. And I guess if you're comfortable and in talks, you just kind of work the process out if you feel like you want to come back there and things are going to work out and they got him for a five-year deal i know here people are kind of torn in pittsburgh on the five-year deal for jari just because of his injuries uh that he's had a number of years um not being there in kind of big moments due to injuries or playing with while injured so but i think when he's been on he's been all-star caliber so i I like jari i like that they're going to keep i don't know who else they could have got um you know unless you're going to go hella buck area but um you know, to get him and keep him, a uh, guy they're familiar with, and a guy that's been an all-star also the last few years um, when he's going good. So hopefully he can stay healthy. Obviously that's what their bet is, and his consistency can 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 get up there, and he can be the kind of guy that they're hoping for under this five-year deal. But I think he made, like, key moves as well, just like the Leafs. Like, they identified areas they needed to improve, and um, they filled holes of guys that they were going to lose. Uh, and I think they, they upgraded you know, their lineup. So if you look at the picture now, the playoffs, right. And you look at the Metro division, there's some pretty big teams. There's some big teams in the um, Atlantic as well, but it, it, where those wild card sit, spots sit, right? Like Ottawa, Buffalo, Detroit, you know, Pittsburgh, you could throw some of those teams in there. If they're not going to be in that top three situation, maybe they are, uh, but they've gave themselves a good chance of make getting back into the playoffs again um, this upcoming year. Yeah, Graves was an interesting one, but the Jari one I did want to ask you because, yeah, Kyle Dubas's bugaboo, at least with the Maple Leafs, was the goaltending. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of noise yeah. around Tristan Jari, and I don't know if it's it wasn't kicking the can down the road. It was a commitment, a five-year commitment yep. to uh, Tristan Jari. So, uh, yeah, like we've said about every, you know what, Justin, every goaltending they, movie, you better be right. Yeah, and, and they went out and got Nadalkovich too, who I know kind of lost his job, obviously, in Detroit and came in on high hopes off off a Carolina rookie season, but they added a little bit more depth there as well with Casey to Smith. But um, yeah, you're right. I mean, when, when, when Jari slipped through to July 1st, I was like, Oh no, Dubas is with the goalie situation. What's he going to do here? Cause yeah, you're right. In Toronto, there's always kind of been like, we can't find that guy. So um, they got their guy they feel comfortable with. And uh, I think they're betting on him being all-star caliber. Uh, we got Connor Brown on in about 25 minutes, so we'll ask you for a little scouting report. Uh, interesting deal, right? Bonus laden, uh, recruited by Connor McDavid, a little reunion after their days with the Erie yeah. Otters. Think that puts them over the top? I think it adds 
another, like, I think it replaces Kyler Yamamoto, right? Like, he's a yeah. guy that had concussions this year. He's, I had I, had high hopes. I like Kyler Yamamoto's game. Uh, but Connor Brown comes in with that similar style game, but proven finishing. Look, he played only, what, four mm-hmm. games last year, I yeah. think. And, and for me, he was like, um, I guess I would say like kind of a wild card, question mark, big pickup. I w- if I would have circled some guys and Pacioretty as well as a guy in the same situation, brutal Achilles injuries uh, and a guy that's able to come back as Pacioretty and, and, you know, you're able, the team's able to pick him up on a fairly friendly, like simple bet on yourself deal for patch, but that's just the way the market is right now. A lot of guys signing shorter deals, but for, for Brown to go there, and reunite uh, Erie Otter teammate, a guy that's a proven guy that's been able to play on the inside and play hard minutes and play with good players. I mean, that's a that's a massive uh, boost, I think, for the Oilers. And and looking forward to a big year coming off uh, injuries for Connor Brown at Edmonton. Edmonton, Edmonton's a team that's right there, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're they're right there. So it's you know anytime you can upgrade and and you know you look at what Yamamoto was able to do or not do. I think Connor Brown will be able to do that and more. Yep, reunited with his buddy, Connor McDavid and Zach Hyman. Uh, great fit for him. We're excited to chat with him a little later. So uh, thanks for teeing that up for us. Uh, Colby, appreciate you coming on. Yep. I know you've had a busy week in a bit, so get some rest and uh, we'll chat down the road, bud. Just honey and tea, Alish. That's what I found out. Yeah, honey and tea on the old voice. Yeah, you got to get them right. It's sounding pretty good. Oh, I survived. <laughs> hey, we survived Nashville, girl. We did girl. it. We did it. <laughs> uh, see you next year. All right, thanks, Colby. Appreciate right. it. That's Colby Armstrong, former NHL forward and current sports analyst and host of Chicklets, etc. And bestie. Yee-haw. Colby Armstrong. Uh, yeah, we had a blast. And honey and... Was it honey and tea? They tea, say? Yeah, yeah, I think was yeah, the uh, yeah. the go to. Certainly yeah. helps. Uh. Did you? Were you guys like <laughs> frantically trying anything? Oh, yeah. or we, was we, just we like, were like right. drinking tea. In the it was probably thirty six degrees in Nashville. Oof. It was it was so hot and humid and sticky. We were we were looking for green tea anywhere we could. Yeah, it. I mean, uh, shout out to everyone who like, including you, who actually had to like do stuff in the heat. We worked like twenty like, percent of the can't. trip. <laughs> But again, like the heat is, I just cannot, I cannot function as a human when it's that yeah, hot. We're in the middle of a heat wave right now. And it's I, like, it's, it's tough. Like, I know it sounds, it sounds <laughs> like I'm complaining it's about tough. summer, but yeah. I'm bringing a bunker out and he's just like, <gasps> I'm like, yeah, I, know, buddy. I know we got to go back. He's like a walking duvet too. He's a little warm boy. <laughs> he's duvet. a little warm boy. Um, all right. Time for time to chew on brought to you by great Canadian meats. Yum, 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 yum. Uh, the home run derby. Bracket is set featuring our very own Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who is seated um, a little bit lower, sixth in the Derby lineup. Oh, there is a ranking, eh? Yes. Is it a little one to eight action? A little bracket? That's exactly Fill how they do brackets. it. That's a bracket. Um, it goes by numbers of home runs that they have currently hit this okay, year. Okay, I was going to say, because if you did it by the odds, I'd don't think Vladdy would be sixth. So he is sixth. Check that quickly. And um, yeah, you get to actually take a look at the odds while we do this. He has 13 home runs. Um, the lowest amount of home runs is Adley Rutschman, who has 11. Julio Rodriguez also has 13. Randy Rosarina has 16. Uh, Garcia, 22. Mookie, Mookie Betts has 23. Pete Alonso has 25. And Luis Robert Jr. has 25. So Vladdy is going head to head. 
with Mookie Betts to start it off in round one, a six versus three seed. He would face the winner of Pete Alonso and Julio Rodriguez on the side of the bracket. I think he's got a chance. I think he can out home run Mookie Betts. Yeah, I think he could advance. I mean, that's a text. Uh, that's a tough next matchup, though. Yeah, Julio Rodriguez, we'll Pete Alonso. But I mean, I think win. Vladdy's got as good a chance as anyone uh, to win this thing. He is plus three eighty. I'm seeing who's which the... would I, I can't plus three eighty. Like, struggling a little bit here. That's like a but finalist I, I type just, of odds. I just searched Guerrero and it gave me plus. Uh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, so that's next week. That'll be a high intrigue thing. We'll put we'll tee this up in our wake and rake. Um, but maybe it's, like, good that he is a little bit underrated going into this. He's not the favorite. Okay. Know? I kind of like that. In what he, sense? Because he can surprise many, and maybe he feels a little bit less pressure on himself. And he can but just th- go out there the and crush. Does the pressure matter in this, in this context? Yeah, this is the most important sporting event of his life. Will you be betting Vladdy? Just, are you going to put so, your yeah. stake in I'd the like ground to right see now? Vladdy, I'd like to see Vladdy get hot. You know? I'd like to see Vladdy you know, be happy and smiley and all that stuff. I think, I think he would be good. happy and smiley. Good, if he generally hit, good for Vladdy Junior runs. when he's a happy guy. If he hit a lot of home runs. Yeah. He's got two opportunities today because Blue Jays have a double header as we teed up earlier. Uh, games will start at 5 p.m. Kikuchi on the mound, followed by whenever that ends, uh, hopefully around 8 o'clock. Um, oh, sorry, Kikuchi will do the second uh, second game. They've got a double header today. Um, we will have a full day of coverage, obviously, on the station. Barrios kicks it off. Kikuchi follows. You can get all that here on 590. And Blair and Barker will do Jay's talk after both games instead of the regular Blair and Barker. We will talk to Blair at 8 o'clock as well. Um, we will tee up the day, the double header that we usually... We don't usually get, so it's a nice little treat for your baby Friday. But we got two guests in the next block, so we'll get to that. Alex Kerfoot will join us. Uh, he is the newest Arizona Coyote fall by, as we just teed up with our buddy Colby. Connor Brown, Edmonton Oiler Connor Brown. He's just playing for as many Canadian teams as he can get. Yeah, he's rolling through. <laughs> he's rolling through. Uh, we'll chat with both of them after the break. Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Baby Friday on the Fan Morning Show. Sportsnet 590 fan, Justin and Ailish. We got a double header to end this 7 o'clock hour. Alex Kerfoot. We got a chance to chat with him yesterday. He's in L.A., so he, you know, time zones. We got a chance to... Give a quick call to Alex Kerfoot, our Arizona Coyotes forward, about his time in Toronto, looking forward to a new chapter, and maybe about his college career. Here's Alex. All right, joined by Alex Kerfoot. But before we get to the big league career, i got to bring up our overlapping NCAA careers because I was playing for Dartmouth and you were playing for Harvard. We crossed paths for three seasons, and now obviously we've had uh, this connection in Toronto as well. Not often that we get two ECAC alumni on the line, so just want to get the Harvard experience from someone. I, we were kind of rivals, but now we can move past that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, happy to move past that. But, no, the college experience for me was great. Um, I don't know about you as well. I'm sure you had a great time at Dartmouth, but couldn't have expected anything more going into it. And um, still, to this day, made some of my best friends at, at, at that place. Yeah, it was like a, it was kind of like a pipeline for a while with Harvard guys as well, coming to the city of Toronto, playing for the Leafs. But I, I wonder if you have like any big green connection that I would know, anyone that you played with around that time, because it's always a ho- small hockey world. 
It is a small hockey world. Um, I didn't really have any connections on the hockey team. I knew a few other people who went to the school, but um, I don't know how much you can call it a rival- rivalry because I don't know. I don't know how you guys were way better. I know. I, was there. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear someone actually tell the truth because Ailish was like right. a little bit more mean spirit about Harvard, Harvard before you got on the line. So I'm glad there <laughs> at least one chirp was thrown uh, just now. Okay, so you're also getting married soon, Alex. Uh, how's the speech coming along? And that, is that going to be like a mini leaf reunion this summer uh, when everyone gets together for your wedding? Yeah, well, it, I mean, it'll be a great time. My fiance and I have been looking forward to it for a while. We're we're doing it out west where I'm from and yeah, there'll be a bunch of the guys there. So um looking forward to, to seeing everyone again. And there's, it's, there's, there's a couple guys getting married this summer. And so we're kind of right in that sweet spot of, of weddings these last few years, but it's always nice when you can reconnect with everyone in the summer. What percent of the wedding planning do you think that you had a true hand in? 10, 20, 50 maybe? Like, are you just, uh, hey, you you handle this and I'll show up when it's time. <laughs> You're just trying to make me look bad on here now, hey? Well, <laughs> no, no, I no. <laughs> I, you know, I obviously, my fiance has done the brunt of the work. Um, but I will say that, especially now after the season's ended, I've, I've had I've been pretty hands on and trying to help her out as much as she can because or as much as I can because she's carried the load for the good portion of it. So I'm nowhere near close to fifty, but I I think that I've been I've been as helpful as I can the last few last few weeks. Just got to take on a couple jobs and do them well, Alex. That is the key I hear. Okay, so you moving on from the Leafs. Um, was there a discussion with Tre Living at all, or uh, did you kind of go into this knowing that you might be looking for a new club? Yeah, it, it was obviously a unique situation with what happened at the end of the year and the change in management. And so we had a few, uh, we did have some communication with them, didn't really know how things were going to go. And I mean, this was obviously my first time going for agency. I have never been through it before either. So, um, Listen, like I loved my my time in Toronto. I uh, really loved the group, everything about the organization. Um, so going into it, I was I was hoping something was going to work out. We were talking a little bit, um, but it it kind of became clear that that things were going to change. And then we started looking elsewhere, and and this opportunity in Arizona presented itself. And I, my fiance and I are incredibly happy, and and can't wait for the new opportunity. Yeah, it's a pretty good spot. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, living in Arizona will be a little bit different than living in Toronto for a lot of good reasons and maybe a couple uh, other ones that uh, will be a bit of an adjustment as well in terms of you know the hockey market and so on and so forth. I guess one of them will be the arena. What, what was your first impression of Mullet Arena and what's it going to be like uh, calling that home? Yeah, it's... I mean, the arena situation is what it is. I think that you can take advantage of it and make the best of it, or you can complain about it. And I think that the the number one thing is just trying to be a good good club, be a good hockey team, and eventually good things will turn around and, and happen for you. And so we can't control that situation. Listen, it's 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 a fun environment to play in at times. It's a small rink. When you get people in there, it, it feels it feels like a good environment. And so 
it's obviously not going to be the same as as playing in front of a a Toronto fan fan base or anything like that. But um, you've seen what's happened in in different clubs or in different cities when they start to have some success and when they go on runs and you know the, the best thing you can do is is be a good hockey team and fan bases will follow yeah i mean it's certainly a, a very unique experience you, you get an opportunity to golf it'd be great weather and a different fan base that's probably young and hungry to have a team to cheer for so i think that's certainly a lot of positives there do you know anyone um from from the squad or have you had a chance to reach out to anyone uh since you uh since you signed with the team a couple of days ago yeah uh, quite a few guys have reached out to me obviously i played with travis boyd for a little bit in toronto um you guys will remember him there and Troy Stetcher is my age, grew up with him in Vancouver, played a little bit um, throughout our childhoods. And then I've played uh, against a bunch of the guys for the last few years and in college, junior, whatever it is. So I know a handful of them, a handful of them reached out, which was great. And, and I'm just excited about the direction that they're going. I think that um, I, I love what, what their coach is doing there seems like he, he plays an exciting style of hockey and one that I can I can come in and help with and um, everything that they've got in terms of their sports science, what they're doing off the ice, trying to develop players and, and develop a system is, is an exciting group to be a part of and something that I'm looking forward to. Uh, we're chatting with Alex Kerfoot, who signed a two-year deal in free agency with the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, you mentioned the change in management with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and there's been a lot of storylines uh, around the Maple Leafs since the end of the season, clearly. Uh, but one of them was the reaction after Dubas was let go and how it left parts of maybe hockey operations, maybe the team a little disappointed because there was such an affinity for Kyle. Uh, did you feel that as well? And is that different than other situations you've been in where it seems like uh, the connection between roster and GM was more than just business? And it was, you know, I don't know if it was friendship. I don't know if it was, you know, just a good personal relationship. But it seemed like Dubas had built connections that uh, were pretty meaningful on a human level in addition to the business level. Yeah, I mean that's not really for, for me to speak on. I think that that's a decision that the organization makes and um, I'm not accountable to, to those types of decisions, but I haven't been in that many different situations. I've only played for two teams. I've only had two GMs in my career. So I haven't had that much experience in terms of, in terms of how I viewed Kyle, I think that he did a, a tremendous job. He's a tremendous person, nothing but good things to say about him. And I think that he's going to do, do really well in Pittsburgh now um, in terms of the changing management. I don't know Brad as well, but um, it sounds like they've got a good plan in place and um, only, only time will tell on that. So another thing we hear about uh, Leafs that are, currently playing or did play with the Leafs before is that there's a bit of a burden being a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, with the scrutiny, with the media pressure, with the fan pressure. Did you feel like it was a burden or was it just, you know, if there were, it was a lot, but it was something you enjoyed and weren't uh, weighed down by whatsoever? Yeah, I think that that's a better way to put it. I think that there is a burden, there is responsibility playing for a fan base like, like Toronto and playing for, uh, a his, or a, an organization with the rich his, history that Toronto comes with, but 
I think that as a player, you, you embrace that, you appreciate that. And I've got nothing but good things to say. And I look, look back on it as an incredible opportunity and one that I'm, I'm grateful I was able to experience for four years. Is there a favorite moment or uh, a favorite part of your time here in Toronto that you'll look fondly back on? I know relationships are certainly one of it and, and your time on the ice, but uh, something that maybe will stick out to you as you continue your career down in Arizona. Yeah, I think that the relationships are the biggest thing. I think that when you, when you leave and when you move on, you, you spend so much time with, with those guys and with the people in the organization every day. So I think that when you leave, that doesn't just go away. That sticks with you the most. Um, and that obviously probably winning, winning the round in Tampa this year, it, it's, it's obviously we had higher expectations for ourselves and um, by no means were we satisfied. We don't look, look back on it as a, as a success by any means, but, but the, yeah, those are the two things that I'll, I'll probably take with me the most. And of course, scoring uh, an overtime winner in that series victory over the Tampa Bay Lightning. So certainly uh, doing your part. I mean, a lot of the theory was around the Maple Leafs that you went around and they'll be shot out of a cannon. Nothing would be able to stop the Maple Leafs. And of course, you run into the Florida Panthers. It's a difficult series. But do you think the fruits of that will come for this group? I mean, now that you're separated and you can't really speak too much on, you know, the future of these guys and who these guys are, because there's, you know, still that business relationship. You're still in the league. But I'm sure you do still expect good things from this group. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, they're set up well, they've got a, a really good core who's only going to continue to get better. They're knocking at the do- on the door every year. One of the, the best teams in the league throughout the regular season consecutively for a while. So it's, I think it's only a matter of time, but as we've seen in the last few years, it's, it's hard to win in this league and there's lots of really good teams who are knocking on the door every year. So so you got the organization you got the guys you got the connections you've built but what about the city of toronto is there something in the city a restaurant uh something you'd like to do something you like to do with your fiance something in toronto that you'll miss and you'll have to come back and enjoy when you do visit (laughs) no i mean there was a bunch of things that were great nothing that i i can pinpoint right now and say that on our next trip back we need to do i think that um yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll have plenty of stops in Toronto in our future and be able to check some boxes. But there's not one that that's sticking out right now. All right, we appreciate your time, Alex. Uh, best of luck with the wedding this summer. Congratulations. Uh, best of luck with Arizona. I looked February twenty first, twenty twenty four, first game with uh, you guys versus the Maple Leafs. We'll obviously be tuned in that one as well. And uh, we we appreciate your time. And yeah, it was great chatting with you. And go Harvard. I had to say it. okay thank you very much guys thanks for having me i'm not really sure why you relented there because i'm a good person (laughs) and it's karma okay okay. he he was right though like you know harvard crushed us but yeah there was like a pipeline for a while like everyone in the maple leafs organization played for harvard i'm not really sure how to grade the uh that is true i'm not sure how to grade the alex kerfoot era but he's part of like that group of people, that group of players that's going out with Brad Living coming in. And of course, he's still, you know, connected to these guys, still connected mm-hmm. to this team. Not, gonna, not sure we're going to find out many truths from Alex Kerfoot in terms of like, hey, what might be going on? What might be what might be wrong with this group? Um, but pretty cool catching up with him nonetheless. Of course, he's going to Arizona on a two-year deal, pays him pretty good money. And it seems like he's part of that group where it's like, 
yeah, there's not there's not too much more money in the system, but he went out and got a decent deal over there in Arizona. Let's bring in someone who got a pretty good deal in Edmonton to play with Connor McDavid, and that's Connor Brown of now the Edmonton Oilers. Good morning, Connor. Good morning. How you doing? Uh, we are doing pretty good. Uh, I'm, we were talking earlier. It must have felt pretty good to be coveted by one Connor McDavid. So can you let us know how this process went <laughs> down? We were hearing you know, suggestions that there was a little whining and dining happening with the Oilers players uh, really hard recruiting of your services. Uh, so signing with the Edmonton Oilers, the feelings there, and what it was like being recruited by you know, the best player in the sport. Uh, there's dining, not much whining going on. I think. All right. uh, <laughs> I think that uh, you know, I think Connor's in a position where he's pretty, he's pretty focused. I know that he's he's looking to um, looking to get that team to the next level, and um, you know, so it was no, it was just a conversation over dinner of what the kind of situation would look like in Edmonton and and how he sees the team and and its progression over the years and where he sees me fitting in. So uh, you know, it was nice to paint the picture. Yeah, Elliot Freeman on their 32 Thoughts podcast. I know he probably be a little bit of an exaggeration, but said if Connor Brown had said no, I think Connor McDavid might have driven to his house, thrown him in the trunk of his car, and driven him to Edmonton. I think Connor McDavid was taking no for an answer. So to have uh, the best player in the world, um, a former friend, a former teammate of yourself, um, give you that vote of confidence, obviously is super, super important. But like, what clicked before when you were a part of this team, uh, a part of your your time with Connor McDavid? Obviously, you've seen him grow into his stardom. And yourself as well as a player, but when you look back at the time, you know what was the what was the perfect click there? Well, I think uh, you know, it, to be honest, I, you know his skill level, of course, is just uh, miles uh, miles above the rest. But um, you know, I think the way that he he plays through the neutral zone, um, you know, I, I feel as, as if I can help, I can read off it, uh, think that way. Um, kind of create uh, chances in transition and uh, you know little things all over the ice that you know uh, it's been a while since we played together we had an opportunity to link up at BioSteel camp last year and we had some fun together so um, I'm just looking forward to it I think it's going to be a fun year. So uh, I was running a bit of a num- the numbers on uh, Connor McDavid, just going through his uh, career, and I found that you were the only teammate he's ever had that consistently outscored him. Uh-oh. So should we expect the same thing this year with the Edmonton Oilers? <laughs> Drama. <laughs> yeah, well, I only I think I I think he was 15 and I was 19, so I had <laughs> Still a little bit scoring. of a. <laughs> you don't have to add that context, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, um, no, I, I mean it. Of course not. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to come in. I'm going to try to bolster the penalty kill and and uh, try to play. You know, help the team play. You know, a better defensive five on five game all around and 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 add some scoring. I'm just going to try to do what I do at, at this level and and let 97 do what he does. <laughs> so speaking of reunions, uh, you'll have another one with Zach Hyman. But uh, last time you were traded to Ottawa, I believe you were at his wedding or the night before his wedding. You didn't tell him. Uh, obviously, you wanted to keep the, the big day for him him himself. But how did it go this time around? Because, uh, you know, a little bit of a different situation, maybe more of an excitement. Yeah, well, well, Jaime was involved in, in, uh, in the recruitment <laughs> job, I would say, as well. And, you know, he... He was reaching out to me and, uh, you know, made me feel like that it would be a good home for me and, uh, you know, made me feel wanted there. And, um, you know, he's the guy that I've always looked up to, a couple of years older than me, going through the system in Toronto. And, uh, you know, just the way he prepares and his work ethic, his commitment, 
um, you know, he, he's just a, uh, you know, he's an impressive person. And so, it, you know, that's, those are the types of people I want to be around um, to make this next step and, and uh, you know, to make, help the Oilers make that next step is, uh, you know, they don't cut any corners, uh, those two guys. And, um, you know, it, it's bled into their culture there in Edmonton, and it's why they got such a good team. We're speaking with Connor Brown, Edmonton Oilers forward. So uh, we know this season was a tough one for you, only appearing in four games, uh, recovering from a torn ACL. And how tough is it like that? I don't know if you've dealt with um, as severe of an injury in your career before, but to be on the sidelines rehabbing, going through a pretty tough injury, uh, what's that like uh, on the mental side of the game? Well, it's tough. I mean, uh, yeah, it's tough. Um, you know, you learn a lot. You learn a lot about yourself. Uh, you kind of get through these things, but uh, it doesn't kill you. It makes you stronger. And so, yeah, I've, I've worked worked hard throughout this uh, process to to build strength back up, to you know, build mobility in the knee, and and uh, you know, reassessing the way I train, the way I eat. Um, so, you know, there's been a lot of good that's come out of this process. Uh, but yeah, it was a tough one mentally, you know, especially at the start to to you go into a new team, you're trying to make an impression, um, and you know to have your season kind of extremely short like that, it was uh, it was tough. But you know what? We're on the other end of it. There's light at the end of the tunnel, and I just can't wait to get back on the ice. And how's the how's the knee feeling now? I don't. I know you're not fully at uh, full strength, but looking like an October, November return, or even earlier. No, no, I, yeah, I, I should probably be good for camp. I know it feels good. Um, yeah, it feels good. I'm back on the ice a few times a week now. I'm in the gym, and uh, the strength is there. And, uh, you know, just um, just continuing to build throughout the summer and just get stronger and stronger as, uh, as the season comes closer and closer. So lots, if not most teams in the NHL are, are super, super serious, right? Like they have some expectation, some level expectation. Every team says, hey, this we're going in this year trying to win the Stanley Cup. But only few teams are actually or, you know, maybe 10 to 12 teams should be actually feeling that way. Of course, the Edmonton Oilers should feel that way. And you mentioned like 15 year old Connor and, you know, it was dining and not whining because Connor McDavid is so serious. But it just feels like you are entering a super serious situation with a team that is definitely ready to win. Is that like, is that what you really crave? Is that what you're dying to be a part of a team that has every expectation to win? And if they don't win the Stanley Cup this year, it will be a pretty big disappointment. Absolutely, yeah. You know, I grew up in the Toronto area. We had a good team in one year after year. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I crave that winning culture. Um, you know, and that's what they're building there. Exactly. You hit it the nail on the head. That's, that's the environment I want to be in. Um, you know, that, that's the kind of group I want to surround myself with. And, uh, you know, uh, my uh, GM used to say, you know, you, you don't hope to win. You expect to win you're, when you're on a team like that. And, and, and those guys are expecting to win because they, they, uh, they prepare like they do. So um, I'm excited to be a part of it. It's going to be a fun year. And of course, with uh, you know any team that's really, really trying to win, there is a salary cap issue, uh, and bringing in free agents is difficult. And you had a interesting structure to your contract in order to get into the doors with the Edmonton Oilers. Is that is that why agents get paid? I mean, that's that's pretty pretty impressive uh, going the route that you did to try and uh, you know make sure that you could fit your salary in and get paid the way you should. Uh, but we haven't really seen many contracts structured this way. Uh, just the process there and uh, how thankful you are to make it work 
Well, you know, I was in an extremely unique position. Uh, I think I missed like a, you have to, to get a contract like that, you have to miss like over a hundred days on roster or something like that from the previous season and have over 400 games. So, you know, there's criteria to have a a bonus Latin contract like that. And so, um, you know, it's, uh, so it kind of uh, led an opportunity to, to get in the door of a, of a really good team that didn't have much cap room. That's, uh, looking to make a push. So, um, the stars kind of aligned, so uh, start excited to get it going. Uh, one more for you here, Connor. Uh, of course, we mentioned the Leafs a couple times here. What what level of Leafs alumni have you reached? Like, are you still keeping tabs on the guys? The overlap, maybe you know what was it was you know two three seasons ago. Uh, are you still like? Is, are you still thinking about the Leafs? Still talking with Leafs? Is it kind of disappeared because it's been so long? Like, what, where are you at in your stage of Leafs alumni? You know, I, uh, I the guys that were there, they're far and few between now. I think there's only a few guys left from my time there. It seems like there's been tons of turnover, but. Um, you know, I, I obviously grew up grew up in Toronto, and you, you know, you always keep tabs on the Leafs and and see how they're doing. And uh, you know, uh, still pretty close with Mitch Marner, and uh, you know, me and my wife and his soon-to-be wife are are close as well. And so, um, you know, I'm sure that they're they'll always be a little part of me. But at this point in my career, you know, it's uh, uh, it's a little bit different. So I'm not too not too concerned with. Uh, you know, the moves the Leafs are making or this, that, the other thing, I'm just kind of, uh, you know, standing in my own lane. You going to the big wedding this summer? Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be some fun. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. we'll be uh, scavenging uh, social media to see how you guys look, so have a blast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it'll well, be a good time. I'll try to keep the phones off. Yeah. <laughs> just be whining there, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be, that'll be good. Uh, appreciate you jumping on and chatting with us. Um, and good luck this season. We'll see you a few times, I'm sure. And uh, looking forward to catching up down the road. All right, done. Thanks. Sounds good. It's Connor Brown, Edmonton Oilers forward, uh, former Maple Leaf, of course. And I know you mentioned the contract structure. If you, if you didn't know about it, uh, it is really unique. So base salary, $775,000, but then a $3.25 million potential in bonuses uh, and incentives. So like, that's a really nice little piece of business to get on your uh, your cap sheet. Yeah, he mentioned it. I, I, I didn't really know uh, that there were, I didn't know what the rules were, but important context clearly because he misses almost the entire season and it gives the Oilers a chance to basically add cap space yeah. because they're deferring it to next season. Again, it's going to hurt the Oilers in 2024-25. That's been a theme throughout today with we're talking about the Leafs and what might be ahead for them. But the fact that they could get a player of Connor Brown's ilk to play with McDavid for less than a million dollars in terms of cap hit when Connor Brown can make what he's probably worth, which is in the $4 million range. That is a really nice piece of business for Kenny Holland. And I've been really critical of him. He, I felt he's lacked creativity. He hasn't been able to find, find ways to support Connor McDavid, but that is a great way that they uh, are a great Avenue they've taken in order to get cheap talent in the door and good talent in the door with Connor Brown. I think he'll be a, f- a great fit there. Um, I love the point about him outscoring Connor McDavid. <laughs> I once played against Connor McDavid in a charity game. Did you outscore him? I did score. You did score. One goal. I've heard this story. Yeah, it's a good story. You burned him, didn't you? Yeah. Just walked right he's around still, him. He's still having nightmares about the toe drag. <laughs> and at, like, at a NTR, gust of wind hits him outside, yeah. and he's like, hey, let's And the NTR Newmarket Arena. There you go. On the right pad. Coming down the right wing, little toe drag, one hand push, use one hand as a 
you know, a blocking mechanism mm-hmm. and scored. My entire team jumped off the bench during a live, like, you know, there's no stops in three on three. Yeah. So maybe one of the highlights of my career. There you go. And the ball hockey exploits of Honestly, a couple weeks ago. I got a like... couple, couple moments to look back on when I'm <laughs> no longer playing. Uh, that was Connor Brown. We had Alex Kerfoot. Uh, we're joined next by Jeff Blair. It is the eve of Alec Manoa making his return to the Toronto Blue Jays. However, the Blue Jays will play two baseball games today. Will they be tired for Manoa's return? Oof, maybe not setting up for the best. But we got Jeff Blair to break it all down with us after the break.